your car, you're working for me. You're at that moment, you're giving me a haircut. At that moment, you're mowing my lawn. Balav ima, it's called. The owner is with me. Then in, almost inexplicably, the Torah says, I'm putter from the Halchus of Shemer. I'm putter from negligent. I'm putter in Geneva Vaveda. All the things that a Shemer obligates himself on, if the owner is working for you at that time, at the time of the Kabbalah Sachrayis, so you're not chayiv in Hilcha Shmira. The I, owner's giving me a haircut? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So the guy who wants me to be a shimer is working for me at the time of my Kenyan. He might be mowing my lawn or something. If he's working for me at the time I'm a Kabbal to be a shimer, I'm potter from all Shmira. Very fascinating, almost mystical halacha on the Torah. It's called Balav Imai. The owner is with you and you become potter. The question's why. And many, many, many theories, many theories are given for this, for this halacha. One, like this, I guess the most simple theory, which is very, which the most simple theory is since you, since Shlomo, you're working for me, so you don't expect me to watch it, you'll keep an eye. You're in my house, you're working for me. Thank you so much. So you're, what? The problem is he doesn't actually have to be there. The problem is he doesn't have to be there. The problem is that who sa- even if he only worked one day and I'm a shimer for months, and it happens months later, I'm putter. So it becomes strange, but since you're the, what? He's not shimer or he's putter. It's interesting. I am a shimer. That's a very. I was macabre to be a shimer. I just don't have this. You can for. I made a Kenyan. You could take me to court and force me to be shimer, but I won't be chayiv on pshia on gneva veda. I won't be. I'm sorry. Could you force me to do shmira? There's a chayiv. Do your shmira. I was macabre to be a shimer. So lechayir, you could force me. Bezdim would say, be shimer. Lechayir, there's such a thing. It's a good point. But lechayir, there's such a thing. Shmuli. But this for sure, you putter from the tashlumen, and the question is why. So again, what I just said was a chinuch's reason that since the Baalim's with you, the chinuch asks on himself. He sort of says like that's the get. Once Hashem says, since you're there, b'shas the kabbalah, it needs a pshat. I want to share, and obviously here it's exerus hakasav. This is what Hashem said. You could say it's a chayik. It's a chayik. This is Hashem's law. Hashem's talking to us and teaching us. Hashem tells us the law, and this is the halacha for you and I. David Eli is telling us something. I want to share something, Penny, that it says to me. It's a, it's a Ralbag. What I'm saying now is a Ralbag. Morty, I want you to hear this because I think we don't, I, I don't know if we do this enough. I'm very into the mind game, the world up here. And there are different thoughts at different times. We know on mitzvahs, there's mitzvahs, srichas, kavana. There's a mind, in anything you do, there's harnessing the mind and getting your mind into the activity. You'll hear more what I mean in a minute. This very much talks to the world of mind. And I want to share what, what the Ralbag says, Pshat. When I'm a Kabbal to be a shimer, when I'm a Kabbal to be a shimer, what I am saying is I'm your Evid. What I'm saying is I'm your Evid. I now have a certain, it bothers me a lot. If a guy borrows a car, a guy, a bacher borrows a car and he doesn't drive carefully, it bothers me a lot. It bothers me a lot because he's clueless to to the world of mind. Any healthy person, I guarantee a Shmuley borrowed a car on his mind would be this is somebody else's car. That would be like understood, there, there's, there's a mindset to, to living life. There's a mindset. This is somebody else's car. It fascinates me that often, when, when I, I, I've been in the market to buy cars a lot, many times in my life. And, I, and, and I've asked, we had guys in the yeshiva over years who were expert in cars. We had a guy, Shlomo Shore, who's an expert on cars. And he told me to run a Carfax, never buy a car that was rented out, that was a car rental. And they're ways of checking, they're cool ways. He showed me how to find out. They always sell them off after like 26, 40,000 miles. And you could tell if it's a certain old and very few miles, it was probably a car rental. 
And he's taught me never buy a car that you suspect before was car rentals. Why not? Because those are terrible miles. People abuse it. Now, I think that's tragic. And against the Torah, as a marshal of a pasuk, Eved Malva. If you borrow money, you're now an Eved. There's a mindset, I have to pay this back. It's on my mind. It has to be on your my borrowed money. And you're thinking about it. It's on your mind. I'm even thinking, I've had guys in yeshiva, I owe a lot of money. Why aren't you working? Yeah, I'll pay. They don't have the attitude, you owe money. What do you mean? So now you're off Pesach Ben Asmanim. Obviously, you're going to work, you owe money. There's a mindset to all different things in life. You borrowed, so now you have a mindset. I got to pay it back. I owe the guy money. If you watch something, it's tragic that people, a rent-a-car gets beaten up. It's tragic of dishonesty. It should just be more than if you owned it. If it's your car, okay, so I'll drive the way I want. A healthy person, it's pashat. Johnny, I would lend him my car any day of the week. He would borrow my car. He would drive it that he's borrowing somebody, that he's driving somebody else's car. I am much more careful on a rent-a-car because it's not mine. And a guy would have an attitude to say, he doesn't know mishpatim, he doesn't have a basic to somebody else's money to say, well, it's not my car, okay. Huh? Somebody else's money. On your car, l'chari, you have a right, you drive a little fast. You know, you know, people when they drive a car, they put from drive to reverse. A youngster doesn't pause in between. On your car, you want to play with your transmission. It's one sacht, it's not your car. And there's a mindset to living, this is not my car. It should be nicker on a guy, you're driving differently. You say, it's not my car. I rented this one. That's a pushit mind game. It's not my car. I'm driving somebody else's car. Obviously, I have to be more careful. Liberties I would take if it's mine. It's not my car. That's an obvious mindset. But it was somebody else's car. And there are halachas like this. This is money. The Rambam says two examples of afterecha kamoich. And one is to be mishabeach people. And one is says to be chas to be chas in somebody else's money. That's a basic Yiddish attitude. It's somebody else's money. And Mimela, the person's more careful. They're simply, I'm driving somebody else's car. It should really, in a, in a world run by the Torah, Chayim and his cow look for a car. In a world run by Torah, you should buy one that was a rent-a-car. Vada, they'd be more careful. That would be a world that would run authentic. It would be the best 20,000 miles. So rent a car. People are much more careful. It's not their car. That's a world of Torah, a world of thought, a world of somebody else. It's mom and shel chaveira. Much a risk I'll take on my own. It's somebody else's car. This is like dvarim pshutim to a Torahic person who has attitudes of mom and shel chaveira. I'm chasen mom. It's mom and shel chaveira. It's not my money. So then there's laws governing it. My own money I can clear. I can risk. I can't risk his money. These would be basic attitudes. Says the Ralbag, and he says a svara, he says like this, when I borrow something, so I become mamish and evidence. It's your mammon, and I have a certain mindset. It's your mammon. Says the Ralbag, you're working for me. I'm your bailim, and you're like the, you're the eved to me. The Ralbag says, Hashem is yoyrid, that a person can't do both. Fascinating. I can't see myself as your Eved, so I'm not capable of, be, of being a Shimer right now. I'm not capable of the attitude of Shimer. At the time he's mowing my lawn and I'm his Eved, I can't do it. So I don't have that Shibud. You understand it like you're working, we're human. He's mowing my lawn and I'm his Eved. Oh, he, I'm like trying to be a Shimer. I'm trying to like, that, a, little bit, a little bit I'm struggling with it. So good, we're not capable of... A human being is quite capable living on different planes. But vice versa, like that, that mind game of Shimer, that attitude of Shimer, that focus and concentration, when he's working for me, Hashem's Yorid, you're not capable at that moment. I can't see myself as some sort of, I don't want to say an Evid Mamish, but as, as somebody who's Mishabe to you, I can't do it while you're mowing my lawn. So it's Hashem understood, you don't have that Kabbalah. And that guy understands, if he's working for you, and you're his bailim, he can't become your subjugate at the point you're his bailim. That he's your bailim. He just can't do it. The Ralbag says this amazingly. What, what drew me to this Ralbag, what drew me is the attitude of somebody who's being a shamer. The attitude, I borrowed this. I'm borrowing this. When anybody's on a car, in a car you're a seicher, 
which is machleik is the gemara for dinner b'shay mechinam where shay misachi or form of a shay is the same thing. There's an attitude. I'm a seicher. I would ask any guy who rents a car to have that to be a tiredik mensh. It's mum and shalchaveri. The miles on a rent a car to be much more careful to pause between drive and park. It's not your car. It's not your car, it's somebody else's car. Is a basic attitude of care that it's, it's literally, it's a mindset and the mindset shouldn't be lost on the person to the point that you have to get into the mindset that if, if he's working to you, I just can't get into that mindset. Now I'm rather, I'm, I am surprised that we're not capable of getting into that mindset, but that there is such a mindset that there is such a mindset, and Hashem is yoyred, when it's balav imay, I just can't enter that mindset. When the guy's my waiter at my table, my Shabbos table, I can't, he's work, he's my gardener, I push it, can't get into that mindset of my Sheba to him. He's working to me. So that's what the Ralbag says is the, is the shayrish, is halacha. But if that's, if, if we take this Ralbag as the pshat, is the Ralbag's pshat, and we take this pshat, we're very informed when it doesn't have that contradiction that there's a specific mindset the person's supposed to acquire in being a shamer. That's a very important people who, that when I speak about so much, so much of Yiddishkeit, so much is the physical pu'ula with the kavana, there's a mindset to borrowing something. The Evid Loivilish Malve, if you borrow something, there's an Avdus, there's a sense that I have something, something now comes on my mind to the healthy borrower, to the healthy borrower, to the healthy user of something, there's a healthy mindset to it. It's his, it's Mom and Shachaver. A guy literally the entire time he rents a car should be keenly aware. I'm driving Mom and Shachaver. Mom and Shachaver. It's Yenna's car. You know, he shows people his fancy rent-a-car. It's not mine. It's a rent-a-car. It's not mine. I'm driving Mom and Shel Chaveri. And that has a mindset that comes along with it. So that's the first thing I wanted to share with everybody here. What do you hold, Johnny, of that Ralbag? What do you hold, your Stern? Fascinating Ralbag, no? Yeah, it's a chiddush. I'm negligent. The guy's negligent. But it's fascinating that if you don't have the mindset, you know, it's amazing. You know what I see? If you don't have the mindset, you're not capable of carrying it out. Yeah. You'll, the guy will look at his Pashegi, he didn't have the mindset. The mindset's the starting. When the, guy, when, the guy, when the guy borrows a car and crashes it up, the problem was that he didn't have the mindset. The problem, and the entire, in certain cases, says you're just not capable of this mindset. And you have to make sure, and you lend something that the guy's in a position he's capable. If you're mowing his lawn, he won't be capable. That's. That's this amazing Ralbag that I wanted to share. The Etzem Din of Baal of Imai is a fascinating, almost sounds almost like a chayk, that if somehow he's there, the Bailim, yeah. Even if you go with the Chinuch's Pshat, that whole watch it, by the way, a little bit I wanted to like, Shmuley put the chinuch. That's how I would put the chinuch shot. That I can't go into the mindsets that I'm. Even if he's only here now, in my mind, you're like by me, so I can't even put myself there. And the Torah can't expect me to put myself there. If you're in my house, Naira's by me. For me to see it, as I'm responsible, you're right here. So the Torah is yoyred. I can't get there. And if I can't get there, I'm not responsible. Okay, but that's that's the first thing I wanted to show. Yeah, 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 up here, up here. The, yeah. Rabbi, who was the Ralbag? Who was the Ralbag? He wrote on, on Tanakh. The Ralbag wrote on Tanakh. He's a Rishon, right? The Ralbag's a Rishon. I believe the Ralbag's a Rishon. We have to look it up. Who was, when did the Ralbag live, Rabbi Srili? Can you check that up for Schleimer? If he's a one, then he's probably a Rishon. <laughs> Rashi Ralbag. Is there a wine Ralbag also? <laughs> 1288, Arishan. Arishan. French. French, Arishan. After the Taisvis, wow. The second, I want to share something that in Yeshiva we've studied. We're Zaychen the summers to go to Sulam. And one of the, just a a very cool perk that we have in Sulam, besides being a beautiful place, there's this perk we get is that Rav Teitelbaum's there. And Rav Teitelbaum is a Yid who's a dignified Talmud Chacham. Johnny Zeichet have a close Shaykhis, and every summer I appreciate a lot the Shaykhis to him. He's a Talmud Chacham, a Yudu has a tremendous Avasat Torah. Each summer he learns, he's very into, he learns Chumash every year for many years with a new Sefer. 
besides the Ramban, the Rishonim, that he's well-versed, and every year he has a new Sefer he's learning, Chomish Wuth. He's somebody just a wonderful year, a wonderful Talmud Chachem. And in the summer, he told us, Sir that I've seen it elsewhere and heard it since, but my first time I heard it, was from him, this Rav Tzadok HaKoyen on Parshas Mishpatim. And I want to share with everybody, it's an important thing to be aware of. The Pasuk says as follows, I'll, even, yeah, I'll, even, I'll tell you two practical ramifications of this Rav Tzadok, but the Pasuk says as follows. The Pasuk says, Kol Don't pain in Almana and a Yasum. In Almana, somebody who's a widow or a Yasum, somebody lost a parent, don't pain. If somebody dares to pain Chaim, a Yasim or Almanim, if you pain, pain them. For if they cry out to me, I'm going to listen to their scream. Avrami, what's very boilet, what sticks out in the Pasuk is everything in this Pasuk is said double. If you pain, pain them. And they scream, scream, listen, listen. Very double lush and everything in the Pasuk. If you pain, pain, and they scream, scream, I'll listen, listen. Says Reb Tzadik, what's this double lush? So Reb Tzadik says that when somebody pains in Almana, you're really giving a double pain. There's the pain, if, if you do something wrong to them, there's the pain of what they, was done. And there's the deeper pain, they relive the pain of being an almana. The lady ultimately will say to herself, if my husband was around, if my husband, he had a maise, Rev. Teitelbaum told us a maise that he had for a few days, some organization of almanas came to his, um, came to his place for a Shabbos, to, to Sulam, to that place for a Shabbos. And somehow, he, he didn't prepare the facilities the exact perfect way. I think it was missing soaps in the bathrooms. And the people were very upset. And he said he was yired that there's two, there's the upset, you know, everybody with one thing prepared properly. But there was also the sense if my husband was around, he wouldn't allow this. And so in experiencing pain, they also experienced the deeper grief of losing their husband again. So any pain that a Yasim goes through, he has the normal experience. Some, some principal screams at a Yasim. So he got screamed at. Nobody likes to be embarrassed. But what happened to this kid is he loses his father again. Because he also has a sense, I don't have a dad to go home and complain to and stand up for me. So he re-grieves the loss of his father. So says of Tzadok HaKoyim, if you pain, pain them. The double pain that is to pain a Yasim is to pain him and to bring up the deeper pain of losing his father. And he screams, screams, the double scream, the scream of this pain and the deeper scream of the pain of losing dad. I hear here both those pains I feel, Hashem says. That's what Tzaddik says remarkably, the double Lushen over here. And certainly the care a person has to do, has to in general, the care to somebody else who has a deeper pain to really make sure we might do something shallow, but you might be touching a deeper pain. We've spoken a, a lot in yeshiva, we speak about experiencing something, a three-step process, and I want to add a fourth step that comes in sometimes that's relevant to this Reb Tzadok HaKoyen. We speak about one, when somebody has identifying a feeling, when somebody goes through an experience, identify what you're feeling. I despise the word I'm bugging out. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's from the worst curse word. It's a terrible word I'm bugging out. Because it's a cheap way. I'm bugging out is a marijuana drinking word. It's instead of expressing what you're feeling. It's very dangerous. Extreme, it leads to all sorts of runaway behavior, flight behavior, because you haven't identified what you, there's no such, there's no emotion bugging out. Say, I'm scared, I'm lonely, I'm upset, I'm hurt, I'm frustrated. What are you feeling? What, I'm bugging out. What, what are you feeling? What's happening? And get, try to get in touch. What are you really feeling? And that's the healthiest thing. Identify what you're feeling. I'm bugging out is a trade word. There's no emotion bugging out. What are you feeling? I'm very nervous. You're nervous about something, okay? I've been left out of something. I'm feeling very hurt, very lonely, very left out. 
Get what you're feeling, exact. I'm bugging out is a very cheap word. It usually ends with a l'chaim. It didn't get to what you're feeling, and you don't process what you're feeling. So identifying what I'm feeling is step one. Step two is validating. Very normal to feel. I'm very scared. It's very normal to be scared. Such and such is happening. So validating, what, identifying what you're feeling and validating. Don't rush through validation. Don't, if, you, if you talk back to the emotion before you validate, you won't get places. Validate. It's very, very normal to feel. We're human beings. We're made by Hashem. So we feel scared, upset, hurt, lonely. So validating what we're feeling is step two. After a lot of validation, but a lot. But if you do this step three too early, step three is wasted, and the emotion doesn't bring you places, the step three is the self-talk, is the great conversation with self, the self-talk. Most places we get in our life is from this three-step process. All the Bali Musa were into this. All the Bali Musa. Guys in yeshiva say, I'm jealous. Jealousy is awesome. Jealousy is awesome. I can't see a bad, the best Rebbe in the world's jealousy. I feel so badly for a guy who never was jealous of another person. I feel terrible. You're so, Revolba said in yeshivas, jealousy lives. Hashem put jealousy in yeshiva. It's a gift, a massive gift. I am jealous the next guy, Steiging, is wonderful. So you identify feeling, I'm feeling jealous. Identify, it's a cool, it's an emotion. And validate, it's very normal. He's Steiging like crazy and I'm jealous of him. That's very, very normal. By the way, then you talk back to yourself and you get the most far places in your world. You get amazing places when you then talk back to jealousy. You have good conversations. You put deep values all over your body. Values you never would have come to. You have a good conversation with self. And you walk with the feeling of jealousy. It's a great Rebbe. And it's, the guy says, it's still there. I've been doing this for a month. You're a lucky dude. Halavai, maybe it'll stay a few months. If not, the Rebbe leaves. You have to find a different Rebbe. If it stays for a few months, you get a few months. Don't do it all day. Go on a walk with jealousy. I am feeling, and by the way, you know what you learn? They're all different, like delicious values that you get to, what? Go on a walk. You're worried people see put an earbud. Like I think people are going to Then you go on a walk. You go on a walk with it. It's excellent. It's the best thing in the world. That's anybody got anywhere in the world, Chaim's only from this. You don't get anywhere without this. Then you talk to it. You talk about it. It's excellent. That, or you could talk to a friend if you want to do it with somebody. You could do it yourself. You talk about it. And you get to teach yourself the most valuable truths of your life. You get to inculcate in yourself. If you don't have the friction, you don't, you, so when is it ever going to become real by you? The guy who never... Kairach was supposed to be a Rebbe of Klal That's why he got jealous. Instead, he made a whole ridiculous revolution. So we all got... We all lost. He took that which would have been precious. He should have been the Rebbe in Klal Yisrael. In Edom Nagea Mashmucha What he has is no shaykhist to me. Like deep Yisaid the Sachayim that he could have put in himself. He would have just been honest and I'm jealous. And would have gone on a walk with himself. Instead, he made a whole revolution... Wasn't, but if we're honest with feelings, it's excellent. I was so upset yesterday. I got my daughter got the mail. My daughter brought by me. The, the mail doesn't come to our house, new settlement. So it's like I don't know if the, I doubt the mail came Shabbos because the snow. It's probably a few, a few days ago. My daughter picked up the mail, and I got a letter last night. It said, "Mr. Daniel Kalish," and Hashem punished me because I spoke about it so much. I wasn't upset, and I was so upset. I was so upset that it didn't bother me. <laughs> I told my wife, "It says Mr.," and it doesn't bother me. She said, "It shouldn't bother you." I said, "It doesn't." Shucks. <laughs> it was like very upsetting that it didn't bother me. Very okay. Okay, the Rebbe left, Manasa, what are you going to do? <laughs> if it bothers you, it's excellent, it's wonderful, because you can go on a walk. But first of all, validate, it's normal. It's normal, you want to be called rabbi, it's a normal zach. We're human beings, we love honor, and you want to be called rabbi, okay, we're human. We're amazingly human. We have much worse crimes than wanting to be called rabbi. And then it's an opportunity to talk to yourself about what covet is and what does it do and what fake covet is, what real covet is. It's, a very, it's, a very, it's an excellent place to be when you acknowledge what you're feeling and then you talk. So these are three simple steps 
to get any, every Baal Musr lived like this, they would say Psukim and Chazal, they would put in themselves, not beating themselves up, they would for eight hours say a Chazal, they would learn if they had jealousy, they'd learn the Psukim about jealousy and they would, it was a chance in feeling something to respond. This was like a basic, a basic, basic, a Musr and a three-step process. There's a fourth step that I want to explain based on Sreb Tzadok HaKoyim. There was a guy in yeshiva here, a Rebbe gave him a patch. Like this, like half joking, half serious. The guy did something, and the Rebbe went like this, and for a week the guy was smoking at the Rebbe. So step one, I'm angry, somebody touched me. Step two, validation, nobody has a right to touch my face. If I don't want a guy's hand on my face, I have a right to be angry. But here, in the talk back, there's a kasha. There's a kasha. For a week, you're not talking to the... You were close to the Rebbe. He went like this, like, wow. There's something up. And it needs a fourth... It needs an, a third... There's going to be a fourth step here, because this is a big kasha. He went like that, and you, the guy shut down for a week. So Rebbe went like this. For a week, he shut down. There's a kasha. Really? And you're so mamishy shut down, so I feel he has to add another step. If he has the normal talk back, he would say to himself, you know, I'm close to the Rebbe, people make mistakes, he didn't mamish smack me, touch my face, you know. There's a good healthy talk back that you can like get to good places, but he has to ask Akasha, shut down for a week. There's Akasha here. And this being aware of the Sefzad HaKakayin, Rav Tzadok HaKoyim would say to this Almana, who's upset that the soaps weren't in the room, she's so mad, she should identify that it's really triggering something deeper. There's a deeper thing being set off. This guy who was smacked told me that in second grade, a Rebbe whacked him in front of the whole class. He bawled to me. He said he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't thought about it in years. Somehow the Rebbe went like this, triggered something. And that's an important question. Is there something deeper being set off here? That's a very important question. Because this guy had, had to really think about something that, that set off much deeper. And that's something that's common to ask, is there a deeper trigger going on? Is there something, am I just using this because something much, how many times here, and I've told dorm counselors to be careful with any bacher, to be extremely careful. You're enforcing, but did, did somebody once feel they were enforced in ways that wasn't with love, wasn't with dignity, and you might trigger any a little, you only gave a little more force, you know, you were, but you might trigger something that's much, much deeper. Im anasana is a pain, pain a person. So both we have to be careful to somebody who you're aware went through deep pains. And specifically if authority embarrassed the person or controlled the person in unhealthy ways, you might be, well, I mean, I'm just, you know, being a little a slight excess of force, but you're going to trigger a feeling for something much deeper. So both in terms of when you deal with somebody, especially if you're aware of things to be careful, and both in terms of the one who it happens, the next step would be to ask, is it, is it awakening some other tzara? Is, is this in an anasana, is there a deeper tzara? So that's this amazing Rav Tzadok HaKoyen that I think is just important for any human being to be well aware of this. That in each difficulty a person goes through, often that arouses, that triggers something deeper and more to ask yourself, is that being triggered? And just the awareness, if I then could grieve about it and think about it, that guy needed badly to cry about a much worse patch than the Rebbe's patch. And he needed to just, and when he cried about it, he went back to the Rebbe, went like this, gave him a hug. That wasn't the sugya. But he was able then to feel the sugya he needed to feel and, and heal what he needed to heal. That's the Nsak Yitzak Elayim. Onesana, Nsak Yitzak, Shemaya Eshmat Sakasi. That's a very good point. Sometimes a trigger, again, I don't say don't go around slapping somebody, but, but yeah, the answer is that if that allowed him to feel something deeper. When guys, a guy who went through difficulty, there are people who went through difficulty from a parent, and then a small thing to a sibling makes them have a very difficult time, is it very, so they think, I'm triggered, go to your room and cry for the thing that it's arousing.
It is a very good opportunity. It's not always bad. You're back in the same situation. To cry and grieve is very helpful. In that place where you feel, in that place you validate the feeling, and then you can have good conversations. You can get very good places. So, so what do you, let's say you're feeling anger. Let's say he's, he gets back and he's in second grade, he's feeling anger. What's your anger? Feel validated a lot. Crazy validation. The talkbacks, not let it be too early, because if it's too early, it becomes invalidating, and it doesn't really work. It, it, basi- it basically like telling yourself, be quiet. <laughs> if you see a letter, it says, Mr. Daniel Gashin, you're upset, and you just say, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so you don't get anywhere. It's funny that a harsh voice to self is not just bad, you don't get place, because it's not true. So you don't get places. No, you see, so the v- tremendous validation, of course I'm mad. Tremendous. At the point that we're like profoundly validated, we could also profoundly talk back. Through the validation so, you get. Then you have good conversation with yourself. I was once young, that experience will make me more empathetic. You talk to yourself, you talk yourself to a that good place. For sure, but it needs profound validation. Yeah. Here's where if you speak tough, you're like, come on, get over it. Think mm-hmm. Any nosoch like that is the hepech of getting over it. We'll, we'll quote. You're missing if you'll and you'll say, "Oh, you're right. It's ridiculous to be upset." It says, "Mr. Tanil." You're like, "You're you're crazy. You're 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 a sicko." It's okay. Yeah. You'll just remain. You'll you shame yourself out of out of an experience that could have been life changing. You just shame yourself out of the experience. It's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Instead of like validation, understanding, and then from that place. So after self talk, what's the fourth step like? I added another step. The typical steps identifying, one. Two is validating, but that's very, that validate, if it's skipped to validating, then step three doesn't work. Then talk back. Those are the three steps. The four steps we added are before the talk back is sometimes after step two with the validating is to ask, maybe it's triggering something deeper. Because remember, I had the emotion, I, so the identifying, the validating, maybe it's triggering something deeper. <laughs> I want to hear, I was going to ask your mother, I'm speaking in front of like a Veltz professional, I'm darshaning, I'm trying to, <laughs> only Kayla, like, this is me in front of Chaim, I would like sing, when you call, like, like <clears throat> I once, I once ate a Shabbos Suda. I once ate by one, by one of Rabbi Shlomo Zalman's main Talmudim, the Rav of the old city. I was there to Shabbos Suda by them. Now he, on Shabbos, he doesn't talk so much during the week he was filling in. On Shabbos he smiles, but he doesn't talk a lot. And his Rebetzin runs the Suda. She was geschmack and a chios. She's a finkel, a finkel mishpacha. She runs the Suda. And the son, one of the sons was there, was a Rosh Hashiva. And they got into a war on a halacha, mother and, and son. It was delightful. They were fighting on a halachic matter. And me and my friend are sitting there. You have a paisik, a massive paisik there. And he's just smiling. He's, and they don't ask him. Like, I till today, like, I, they just don't ask. I don't know why. You know. And the mother and, and son are arguing, screaming, fighting. What the halach is? I'm like, <clears throat> like, I like have a rub. You can, they don't ask. It's interesting, they're fighting. So I'm sitting here, like, darshaning in psychology. But, <laughs> but, it, but, it, but, 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 let me hear. That's a good. That's a good way. Remember, histor- hysterical, historical. Yeah. What if this? The fourth thing has the addendum of like hysterical, then go back to the like, fourth step. Yeah. Fourth. Yeah. It's a good man. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. at the end of the passage, it also says that you're calling out to Hashem about it, both things also. Mm-hmm. I mean, so 
Both screams, when he screams, Hashem hears both pains. Hashem cares about both pains. Shema Eshma, I listen to both. I'm hearing both. Yeah. I think identifying these things and learning to healthily identify is huge. I think the, the ident- is there something deeper being triggered is a very important question. If it is, to be aware of it. And again, then it has the same, it has the same three steps. You can't say enough that the talking back before validation, you're wasting your time. <laughs> when we talk the from speak minus validation, you literally wasted everybody's time. You might as well not feel then. then <laughs> it's, not, it's not the process Hashem designed. If Hashem made us feel, so then, then, then not to validate is like a clearer as a... Hashem made us feel so that this is how we feel. To, to blast it away, to shame it, to rip it, is very, very dangerous. It's dangerous to future process. It's dangerous to even hear where you're trying to bring yourself. I, the irony is the validation helps the from answer. That's the irony, Chaim speak. That validation allows for from us. I'm, it's normal. It's, it doesn't normal or not. This is how Hashem programmed me to think even with one of your kids calling a kid like you're a very sensitive guy, you're hypersensitive, is very dangerous. Because that's like unvalidating, that's invalidating. Who cares? You're very sensitive. You're not sensitive. It's not an important question. Am I very sensitive? That doesn't make a difference. Don't worry about that question. Worry what you feel, validate what you feel, and then you have the best conversations of your life. When you're there and validated, you get all the places you'll accomplish in your life. You bring yourself to worlds. That, in that place. I've learned this from Hevra. I've learned this from guys together with guys. Somebody, Rabbi Yamin Siegel, is somebody, afterwards I have like so many things in the Muslim movement, so many stories I had heard of youth of the Muslim movement, of great people walking around for hours saying psukim, and youngsters try it and it never worked. I want to be honest, I tried it, I learned this at young. It's so funny if you don't know the process and you imitate things that you didn't have details of the process, it won't work. The youngster learns in yeshiva that the great Balei Musser would say, if they had jealousy, they would say psukim. So the youngster's like, has jealousy and he beats the stuffings out of himself. It's like, it didn't work. You didn't identify, you didn't validate. You, the next, the an, you, know, you, you didn't have a question to get an answer. These, that's why it's tough, because most of Torah is Torah Shabal Peh. You have to learn Torah Shabal Peh. And there's, there's a system. wouldn't have made that mistake. It's a good question. It's a valid question. There's always the way Torah in every generation, it could be these things, we'll push it to earlier generations. These things could have been natural techniques. So there's a, every generation has to rewrite this farm. You could always ask on every safer. Yeah, why didn't the earlier safer write? <laughs> well, we, the reality is different generations and different things need to be explained and spoken out. Another generation may have had that quite naturally. So, but this for sure today is what has to be written out and spoken out. All those tricks of saying the psukim are only after identifying and a lot of validation. Without validation, you beat down the feeling. It doesn't go anywhere into ourselves. It's fakert. It's just, we're just ashamed that we had any feelings. Oh, oh, I was wrong to feel that. So that was the second aspect of the Torah. I want to I wanna learn some psukim with the chevra. I want the guys to be knowledgeable to some basic halacha. So if, we can, if guys can open up Hamashim to learn a couple of psukim and mishpatim that I just think if you can pass them around, Shalimah. I want to learn. I want to learn a very, very difficult pasuk on page two nineteen. A very difficult pasuk. 
and a theory. I, I want to offer a theory, Maish, see what you say. Shlomo, listen to this difficult Pasuk. Please put your holy eyes. Perech of Beis, Pasuk Aleph. If you find a thief, Machteres is a tunnel that he's digging into one's house. So if somebody finds a thief who's tunneling into his house, Perech of Beis Pascal from page 219. If the thief shall be found in a tunnel into somebody's house, and the owner of the house hits him and kills him, there is no blood. It's not called Ritzicha. It doesn't say you put there. It's not called murder. It's mutter l'chatchila. It's interesting how Hashem wrote it. If you hit him and he dies, you have no blood. This is not a Ritzicha. Now you're allowed to kill him. It's interesting that you're allowed to kill him. Hashem words it that if you do it, there is no blood. It is not called a Ritzicha. And the simple reason that Chazal teach us is that if a guy is breaking into your house and you stand up to stop him, he will do something, he'll kill the person. So you can kill him first. Chazal are yoyred l'sayv das of a person. If a person's willing to break into somebody's house and you would stop him, he would come at you and kill the person. So therefore you can kill him first. And that's this, this assumption. <coughs> However, if the sun shines on him, what does that mean? Explain Chazal, difficult Pasuk, if it is clear that he won't kill you. If for some reason you know about this guy, he may be a thief, but he won't kill you. Then there is blood to him, means it's Ritzicha to kill him. It's murder to kill him. If you know 100% that to stand up to him, he won't kill you, if the sun shines on him, it means that it's clear. The sun shining means there's clarity that he won't kill you. You're not allowed to kill him. So if a Ghanav breaks in, what could you assume? Yes, and you're allowed to kill him. However, so if a guy is a gun, if a guy is a gun, the Ghanav breaks in, could shoot him. If you're not sure, you're allowed to kill him. Because if I, I'm allowed to stand, I don't have to say, it's amazing, Chiddush, I don't have to say just run away. I'm allowed to stand up to him, and if I stand up, hold gum at me, I could just kill him. Yes. But if, because it says, but if you're 100% clear, Maish, that he won't kill me, so then, there's blood to kill him. Says the Gemara, what's a case when you're 100% clear a father? If a father breaks into a son's house, it's 100% the father will not kill the son. So if a father is a drug problem, and is still, if a son breaks into a father's house, the father can assume the son will kill him. By the way, if he knows on his son he won't, it, it's possible you could know on a certain person, I know he's stealing, but I know if you're certain the guy won't kill you, so then you're not allowed to touch him. Dumb him late, it's murder to kill him. A father to his son is one such case where the father will definitely not hurt to kill the son. So if a father breaks into his son's house, it is Asr Daraisa to kill his father. Just stand up and stop him. Don't kill him because he will not kill the son. Chazal say on a father, he will not kill his son. So I'm a father. A father. Now, you might ask, but in history, there have been fathers that kill a son. It could be somebody so crazy, it means the typical father, the assumption is won't kill. So the typical son can assume if his father is a crazy person, the typical son. son would kill a father? So again, if the father would know on the son that he won't kill, it's just, I can't say it's the stem. A father can be more concerned with the son than a son of his father. Now, what you see here is that a father loves a son more than a son loves a father. Now, many fathers... Would, not, would say that I am certain my son won't do something, and if you are certain, you're not allowed to kill him. And it's possible to be certain on your son. It is possible to be certain on your son. We're talking, a father, we're typically certain, a son, not typical. 
Now my question that I ask the guys is a father loves a son more than a son loves a father. What do we do with the Pasuk and Mishli, which says that the way you love somebody else, love is reciprocal. The same way water reflects face to a face, so to hearts of people. You know a trick to get somebody to like you, Chaim? It works 100% of the time. It's the greatest trick to get somebody to like you. Like them. They'll be an Inus. They're stuck. If you don't like them. Then it won't work, the trick. But if you like them... Okay. But if you you want somebody to like you, like them, and they'll be stuck. Frecht Chaim, and this bothers me, Chazal express here that a father loves a son more than a son loves a father. What happened to the principle? That hearts are reflexive. What happened to this principle? I thought if the father loves his son, the son would love him back. And the answer, Daniel, is probably that what did Shleim HaMelech say? He said, like, water reflects. Why do you give a muscle of water? What's the best reflector in the world? Mirror. Mirrors. Why don't you say, like, a mirror? And probably water is not as good as a mirror. It probably means that if you love somebody, there'll be some love back. It doesn't have to be the same. It's like water. Water gives a, an approximate. It's not a mirror. It's, mirror is exact. Water is a dull, a little bit dull. It's a little bit dull. So if you love somebody, nobody's saying they're going to love you back the same, but they'll probably like you back. You know, on, on dates, guys bank on this. If they're into the girl, usually she's into her back, usually. But it doesn't have to be the same intensity. Anybody who's wanted to say yes and she said no, or wanted to say, was, said no and she wanted a yes, it doesn't have to be the same intensity, but if you like somebody, they will like you back, not necessarily the same intensity. So I want to come from that Yisaid and explain a different Pasuk in Parashas Mishpatim with the Taisvis, with the Gemara Mbar Metzi and a Gemara Psachim. Let's learn the following sugya. No, so let's get clear. No, but let's get clear. It's very important what's happening. It's very important here. First of all, we're describing that a father, we're describing a father's love of his kid, you typically can assume he won't kill him. The son will not be that level. Now here, we're not talking about the son hates his father. The son's trying to get money as a drug problem. The father stands up and stops him. So the son in his, in his wild want for that money could do something dangerous in a fit of rage. So there is a general thing, again, there's a general thing that a father's love for a son is more powerful than a, son loves, than a son's love for his father. That's a general. Though if the father loves his son, the son will have back some form of love, that's for sure. I want to I wanna speak about this topic, about love being reflexive, and bring out Maish, an amazing Taisus and Psach, and listen to this. There's two mitzvahs in the Torah. There's a mitzvah called prika and a mitzvah called te'ina. Shlomo, do you know what prika is? Prika is if somebody's, if an animal is, is carrying a load and it's overwhelmed from the load, you have a mitzvah daraisa to take the stuff off the animal. The animal's overwhelmed from its load. It's collapsing under its load. See, so a person is taking off stuff off the load. You have a mitzvah daraisa called prika. That's one mitzvah daraisa called prika. To take off the load off an animal that has an overwhelming load. There's another mitzvah daraisa, chayim, called te'ina. Te'ina is to help somebody load. Somebody's loading up their animal. You have a mitzvah daraisa called te'ina to help them load. So prika is to take the stuff off the animal and te'ina is to load up the animal. Which mitzvah comes first, prika or te'ina? Prika. Prika, why? Both are chesed, but Prika, the animal, is in a lot of pain. So both you're doing kindness. Prika comes before Tina. Both of them's equal work. We'll have to go back and forth. Neither one has more work than the other. Prika, the man, is taking his stuff off his animal. His animal's collapsed. Tina, he's loading up his animal. So the human being's chesed, it's equal to two. But if you have two people, one guy needs prika, one needs tina, there's one, they both need help, both human beings, but one, an animal, is sitting there like completely flattened from its load, so prika comes before tina. That's However, Daniel, let's say 
Your enemy has Tina. An enemy of yours has Tina, needs loading. And your friend, your f- best friend's animal needs Prika. What do you do now? Your enemy, normally we said Prika comes before Tina. But if your best friend needs Prika and your enemy needs Tina, then your enemy comes first. Why? Lakafes Yitzray, to break your Yitzhahara. Because you hate the guy, Hashem wants you to, to beat that Yitzhahara that you hate the guy. Lakafes Yitzray, to break your Yitzhahara. That you hate the guy to break the Yitzhahara, Lakafes Yitzray, to break the Yitzhahara, all of a sudden then the mitzvah of Tina comes before Prika. What? Oh, in the Vardik. In the Vardik there was an hugger. If somebody did something bad to Mishalim Toiv Tachasra, there was such an hugger in the Vardik. That is true. That was a big Nevardik an hugger. But if your enemy has Te'ina and your friend has Prika, then break the normal rule, Daniel, of Prika before Te'ina and you do Te'ina first. Lakaf es right to break your Yetzirah. Why does it break your Yetzirah? Because if you do something for somebody, you'll end up liking him. So we'll take away your sinner. Ask Taisvis the following Kasha. Maishala, we're talking about Yidin. Maishala, when we say you hate somebody, you love somebody, how can we even talk in Allah? You're allowed to hate a Yid? So, Atu Birshi, ask, we're talking about a Russia? Who are we talking to? We're saying, if you have two people, you hate, what's that? The Torah doesn't have, Atu Birshi, ask, you know, who do you hate? Why would we have a law if you hate somebody and you like somebody? It explains the Gemara Psachim. In this week's parsha, it says, Kisir Hamar Sainacha Ravitz Tachas Masai. Shloim, it says, if you see the enemy, your enemy's donkey, God's talking to me and you. And he says, if you see your enemy's donkey, Hamar Sainacha, the guy you hate, Maishla Hashem's talking to you. Says God to Maish, if you see your enemy, Sainacha, Ravitz Tachas Masai, Srilly read a great Deshaz Chadalta Mayazavlai. That was entertaining. We got a great learning. I like what you did. The Chadalta Mayazavlai, you're not going to help him? Now, Maish Lashem's talking to you. Do you have somebody you hate? Do you have a Sainé? We're from Yidden. We're not allowed to have a Sainé. So, what's Hashem saying to us? Nachem, we have a Sainé? A guy we despise? Stam du tshuva and get to like the guy. What's Hashem saying, Avrami? If you see Hamar Sainah, Hashem's talking to you. Every Pasuk talks to every Yid. So God's talking to you, Avrami. If you see your enemy's Hamar under its load, you're not going to help. Who's your Sainah? I'm on Shulduk Mir. If you have a Sainah, Stam pause life, do tshuva, get healthy. I don't know. You hate a guy? That's the Gemara Psachim asks. And the Gemara Psachim says that it's referring to a guy, it's a mitzvah to hate. We're referring to somebody, it's a mitzvah to That's what we're referring to. He did such a virus that it's a mitzvah to hate him. That's what you're referring to. We're talking about somebody, it's a mitzvah to hate him. A huge rush, he's an evil person. It's a mitzvah to hate the guy, he's an evil person. Evil man. What? Taisus Msach. The Gemara Psach. That's what Taisus says. Yes. So the Gemara Psachim says Khamar Sainacha means a guy, it's a mitzvah to hate. And that's what it means, Khamar Sainacha. So Nachum Frek Taisvis, and I don't understand the Gemara Bar Matsya. The Gemara Psachim says the Sainai we're talking about is a mitzvah to hate him. So now let's understand the Gemara. If the guy you have a mitzvah to hate as Te'ina, and another guy, your friend as Prika, Te'ina's first lock of as Yitzray to overcome your hatred. But I was supposed to hate him. Says Taisvis, says Taisvis, you were supposed to hate him, a certain amount of hatred. But because you hate him, what happens, Maish? He hates you back. Since he hates you back, you have a new hatred for him because of his hatred. That's not a mitzvah. You went over the line. Wait, again. Taisvis says that extra hatred you have to vanquish. You have, now, this is like a strange, there's a certain hatred to a guy doing Averis. It's not really that personal, probably. I don't know if I'm right. You're not allowed to say whatever you want in Tyran. Taisvis doesn't explain it further. 
He says you have a mitzvah to hate him till a certain point. He doesn't explain the point. Because you hate him, he hates you back. Now you hate him because he hates you. I want to say over that story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to say over that story. Thank you, Johnny. Now you hate him because he hates you. Daniel, now that you hate him because he hates you, that hatred you have to break. You know how many people, you know how many people do bad things because they feel hated, because they feel pushed away? Rev Y.Y. said a story with the Vishnitzer Rebbe. Were you there when he said, I love that story. Which Rebbe? He, he said the one in Chaif. Seret Vishnitz. Seret Vishnitz in Chaif, not Chaif. Not Bnei Brach. Not Chaifa, not Chaifa. Is it Chaifa? It was Chaifa. In Chaifa. He said Chaifa, he said Chaifa. Doivi, you heard the story of why I said the Zeret Vishnitz in Chaifa. A Yid came to the Rebbe and said that I, he has a shul. Chaim, listen to the story. He had a shul in, 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 um, Vishnitz, in, in Chaifa. And right next to his shul, a guy had some clothing business. And people would shop there during shul hours, and it was like very bad. People were coming to shul, they were coming to shop on Shabbos Kodesh. And it was, it was just not besedo. People are trying to come to Davin and they're seeing Hillel Shabbos. So he asked the guy if you can close it at least during the hours of shul, and the guy said, no way. A Jew, yeah. And in Eretz Yisrael, in Haifa. And the guy, they were in like, the guy said, no way. He was begging him to close. He couldn't get the guy to close. So he went to the Vishnitzer Rebbe, and the Rebbe, t- the Rebbe asked him the following question. I'm shortening the story, but the Rebbe asked this guy, he said, do you hate, somehow the Rebbe asked, do you like him? So he said, no, I hate him. He said, why do you hate him? Because he's Michalal Shabbos. So the Rebbe said, I have a shayla for you. Do you hate him because he's Michalal Shabbos, or is he Michalal Shabbos because you hate him? That's the Rebbe asked him. Do you hate him because he's Michalal Shabbos or he's Michalal Shabbos because you hate him? So the bottom line is the Rebbe said, I want you to work to like him. And the Rebbe told us a few days to Shabbos, I want you to work your head off till you like him. And let's see, then we'll learn. If you hate him because Michal Shabbos, so then when you like him, he'll still be Michal Shabbos. Okay, then maybe you'll have to hate him. But if he's Michal Shabbos, because you hate him, we'll find out if you, if you like him. So I want you to like him. The guy works till he likes him. He goes to his store on Shabbos, and, and this, the, the, not, the yid whose store is open Shabbos is like expecting a war. Get out of here. Curse him out. He said, no, I came here to tell you something. I just want to tell you I like you. And he wanted, and I gave him a hug. And for six months, he would go every single Shabbos. To just, I have to come to tell you I like you. And, and they would give each other a hug. He said six months later, the store was closed on Shabbos. That's what YY said. The story in the... It's Dvarim Pshutim. It's not like... It's Dvarim Pshutim. At the point he was loved... Of co- what? Of course, the word is that he feels ostracized. Of course, he's not coming close. He, he's Michal Shabbos because he feels hated. If he feels loved, so then he's part of the matzav. So... This, this, this amazing Taisvis that it's, it's here with Tom guy, it's a mitzvah to hate. But now you hate him because he hates you. There's a different type of hatred. And that's the, the Hashem never meant that hatred. Now, I can't tell you, I don't know the, the nature of these two hatreds. Probably there's a certain, and I don't really hate the guy, I'm just so frustrated what he's doing. It's a hatred like Yitamu Chatoyim, Chaitim Lainemar. So I'm not what he's doing. Oh, he's wrong what he's doing. I don't. Clearly, it's not a regular hatred because Hashem's mitzavah you to break your yetzer and to do chesed them. Hashem's mitzavah. If you see chamar sainacha roivitz tachas masoy, we're talking about a guy, it's a mitzvah And not only should you do chesed to the guy, you should do te'ina before prika to make sure mamish, he comes first. What you say? Yeah, you're, you're allowed to, Tzar Belchai might be the raisa, but lock of es to overcome that yetzer, that you're hating him in a personal way, to beat that. Now, it's hard for me to say what the nature of these two hates are. I'd have to ask Mrs. Guri, and this is like a tough one, these two hatreds, yeah. is there some beginner that you're just hating the guy, not, not, you know, you're not hating him, you're hating what he does, you're upset at his actions, something mashu kazeh. 
Maybe if you're only liking the guy so he stops because he, so he, so he can stop what he's doing. It's like, it like, sounds like manipulative, right? Yeah, like you have like the, yeah he, was, he was describing to really learn just to appreciate the guy. You're so spot on. At the point you're like trying this trick, it won't work. He was telling him he's your brother. He was saying at the yeah, point you're mockers, yeah. But the vicious rebbe was at the point your mockery is your brother. All the things that you hate him for will fall away. Your mockery is your brother, Kaidim Kol. Your mockery is your brother. It's probably something like this in Tosis where it's a mitzvah to hate him. First be mockery is your brother. Then be all annoyed and Hashem said, listen, your brother's doing bad stuff, this is inappropriate. But first be makir as your brother. And to, to get that, luck of Es remarkably, on a guy, we're talking about a guy, it's mitzvah, it's nice, it's a mitzvah to hate him. But to get rid of any excessive hate that's not coming from lishma places, that's not, doesn't have the overall akaris, my brother, you have to help him first, Tina before Prika. Clearly there has to be a lot of love. The Taimid virus says to love Rishon. He says openly to love Rishon. Just this Taisvis, there's clearly, just the Gemara with Taisvis, clearly there's a lot of love you have to give to people that it's a mitzvah, it's nice, a lot of love, because you have to do their tina, like Shmuley said, even if, if, if Prika's Sarbel Chaim's Daraisa, you waved Sarbel Chaim Daraisa, there's a yid you have to get into, you have to get more into him. So I can't exactly describe it, it's a mitzvah, it's nice, I hear. There's something there. There's something you're supposed to be frustrated. You know the analogy I would almost give, Chaim? Something like this. Again, I'm, I, I don't know the exact nature of this love or not. My two brothers that have like a sibling rivalry, and they even have tensions, but if another guy hits one of the brothers, the brother, they're in a huge rivalry, but the, the other brother will knock him out. <laughs> we have some rivalry, but say there. But you touch us, you, you the outsider, they'll both gang up on you. That Farty's my brother. Yeah, we have an issue. Yeah, it's mitzvah, it's nice, but Farty's my brother. So that, that, that the underlying belief is my brother has to be something like that. It's dizzying. If you just step back for a second, on a guy that it's a mitzvah to hate, Maish, I'm like struggling with this. On a guy it's a mitzvah to hate, there's an absolute chiyuv to do chesed to him, even waving tsar balachayim, of the rice of tsar balachayim, to do to him, to make sure that you, that you get rid of any difficult feelings to him. <laughs> On a guy it's a mitzvah to hate. Clearly there's some avad, he speaks it out, the time the virus says openly that it's a mitzvah to love Risham. Their contradiction, the Gemara Pesachim says, some mitzvah to hate him. But then we have this Taisvis who says, we're talking about this guy that you're supposed to do his tina first. So clearly there's like an overriding love. He's my brother. If you think about it, the difference between a brother doing bad stuff, what everybody else feels, what you feel, he's your brother. You're also a shtickle mad at him, but there's an overriding love, a deep love. He is my brother. Is my brother. That muscle of the two brothers fighting, but if somebody dares touch your brother, you knock him out. Yeah, we're in a fight. Yeah, mitzvah is nice. I'm upset at this brother. He's a wayward brother. I'm very mad at him, but he's my brother. And there's some deep love that has to be there. And even when mitzvah to do tina for the guy, there's a deep love. I wanted to speak this out because I think too many yidden and too easily we write off yidden. Too, too many beshitas, all different funny shitas. Yeah. All different funny shitas, we write off yidden. When I was growing up, there was like a group of yidden. I don't want to say which ones, and it's not relevant today. But there was a group of Yidden which people were like tumbling about. I always felt that I try to really work hard to love that group. I felt I, I smelled something was off. And I think all too often we write off all different groups. It's interesting. I'm, a few of us are going later this week to Eretz Yisrael. And, and there are tensions much more you feel than in America. I think people are fighting more for control. In America, so this type of year, that type of year, we're all in the same country together. In Eretz Yisrael, they're, they're fighting over money, who gets the funding for which school. They're fighting over policy, over all different things. So there's definitely high, there's a high amount of tension. It was very, very hard. Chaim, did you feel, Yakal, did you feel that I love Eretz Yisrael? I love Eretz Yisrael. And there's something, even this tension is because they're real things that we need to figure out, policy. So in America, it's easy for me and some other guy to get along who see life different. 
We're not fighting over a certain amount of money, where, where to allocate money. We're not fighting over policy. In Eretz Yisrael, every group wants the Kaisal to look a certain way. Every group wants to fund their yeshivas, their school system, their whatever platform they have. But there's some tensions between different groups. And the underlying love of a brother that has to be there. You have to remember any single Yid in Eretz Yisrael, if they have Tina, you would do Tina over Prika. Any Yid you see, keep that in mind. Any single Yid you'd see, you'd wave Tsar Balachim. And I love animals. Our precious rabbit here is wonderful. <laughs> and Janice. We, we take good care of him. Janice, of her, I should say, I'm sorry. And she's, she's the yeshiva's pet and very important. And Tsar is a very important thing, but a human being comes first. And any single yid, you'd be obligated to wave Tsar to help that yid to make sure that you have an overriding love of the yid, that you don't have any sinner that's personal. Is there a word of mitzvah, it's nice, so there's some word you're upset about, Averis mutter. But, it, but if it doesn't have the overriding love of a brother, you're, you're, you're not doing it right. Then it's not right. And the awareness, the overriding love of a brother, he's your brother, he's, he's your brother. That overriding thing. You got Eretz Yisrael, it's funny that to live in Eretz Yisrael is a tremendous, tremendous chus. And all of us, the chas and chayim Beis Hashem is going to have the opportunity to go learn Eretz Yisrael. What is chas and Beis Hashem? All of us should return fast. Yushalayim Yircha back to Yushalayim. One of the things we can bring as people coming from here, and we could bring it to Eretz Yisrael. They have a lot of gifts there that we could receive. What I want you, Kala, to bring to Eretz Yisrael is the love of every yid. Don't let, don't get p- pulled into politics and the sort. The over, it's easier in chutzlarts. My wife makes fun of me coming from Connecticut. So if you're driving in Connecticut and you pass the yid, it's very exciting. <laughs> so we all, we all, we all, in the car like, oh, a yid, a yid. And my wife makes fun of us that I sometimes forget I'm driving a bar. I'm like, a yid, a yid. She's like, we're in Brooklyn. They're like, <laughs> every car is going to be a yid. That's, it, any, any one of us does a trip to the store, to any store, you go to Walmart, the question, with any yid in there? It's geschmack to see a brother. That's like the question when you live out of town. When you go shopping in Brooklyn, you're less likely to ask, is there a yid there? The mitzvah is that you feel a closeness. Rabbi Naftali Kaplan told me that when he moved to Eretz Yisrael, he had to work harder on this. In Chutzlarts, he said he had a car. He would give any yid was needed a lift. He'd pick him up. And Eretz Yisrael, he found it wasn't as natural, being all amongst Yidin. So I want to say there's something we can bring to Eretz Yisrael. This overriding sense, he's my brother, he's my brother, this type of Yid, that type of Yid, it's easier for us to feel, like I said, it's not knocking anybody in Eretz Yisrael. They are living side by side, and like I said, they have to figure stuff out. There's, there's definitely allocation of funds and things that have to be figured out. But in not having such things, it's easier for us to just go. We come to any taxi driver, none of us have to work on it. We're not fighting over which school system. I frankly don't, I'm not fighting with the guy who's, whose school system gets the money. I just see my brother and it's geschmack. To see my brother, bring that ruach there. Bring that ruach there. The overriding sense that's deeper than the differences. That's way, way deeper than the difference. This is my brother. Let's have a minchah. Have a shakaych. Have a